You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. Now our feature presentation. Lord Slade. My name is Gabriel. I am the, the emissary of the great powers. I know who you are. Although I am surprised to find you lurking here in my brother's tower. Lurking? I do not lurk. I am simply here out of concern for your missing brother. It has been over a month now and there has been no sign of him. Byron may be lost. Lost? That is maybe true. Even the likes of you must face death at some point. But for some reason, I do not believe that he has gone into death. Not yet, at any rate. Dead or not, he is not here. Moreover, I do not believe he is coming back. You always look upon things with the bleakest of aspects, Slate. But then, that has always been your nature, has it not? Cold. Impersonal. You summoned me here, Gabriel. What is it you want? Those I represent desire to know what had happened to your brother's home. Look at the state of this place. It has been ransacked. Since you were the last to see Byron, I thought that you might know. That would be due to the actions of Lord Logan. He was here not so long ago. Once Byron was out of the way, there was nothing to stop him from coming here personally and retrieving some lost property. You speak of Lilith, do you not? So, I should take it Logan has taken her. You should. She is with her father in his realm. That does not bode well. He shall not be pleased by this. And still, it is unlikely he will do anything about it. As long as he abides by the old laws, your master shall never act. I've often found that to be a weakness. A weakness? What is the point in observing the laws if Logan constantly violates them? It is what sets him apart from Logan's slate. He keeps his bond with creation. However, I admit this does not bode well, not for any in creation. It is what it is. Although Byron delighted in interfering with the plans of others, our place has always been to watch, to mark the seasons, nothing more. If Logan uses Lilith to rain destruction down upon the whole of creation, then that is how it will be. We have no say in what is to come. I have long watched you, Slate. It always amazes me that you never show concern. If creation comes to an end, then we too will face an ending. All things face an ending. Even I. 
It is the nature of things. This existence was never meant to be an eternal one. I imagine in time, we shall see. What do you have there? It seems to be a journal, written by your brother. I was unaware he chronicled the events of his life. He was always keeping track of his misadventures. Though for what purpose, I have never understood. Interesting. This one is dated one year ago this night. Christmas Eve? Curious. What could Byron have been doing on this of all nights? December the 24th, Christmas Eve. The night many humans across the world celebrate in good cheer with one another. Yet I have always wondered how they might react if they knew they were not the only race that celebrated this holiday. The elven folk celebrate the coming of winter on this night. The dwarven races are also known to make merry around this time of year. Their celebrations tend to last a full fortnight and involve a great deal of eating and drinking. I should really emphasize the drinking part. Still, I find in many ways I envy them all. The task I have often carried out on this night has never been a pleasant one. There have been many times I wonder why I still do it. I wonder if I still have a choice in this matter. This year, however, I have decided to bring along a companion of sorts. I only hope I am doing the right thing by this action. Get your coat. We have to go, and we have to go right now. My coat? Why? Where are we going? I'll explain later, but if we don't go now, we'll miss the train, and that'll mess everything up. Look, I got no idea what you're talking about. It's Christmas Eve. Most people, when they drop by on Christmas Eve, say Merry Christmas and drop off a present or something. I don't know. I'm not like most people. But if you insist, Merry Christmas. Now get your coat. We have to go. But it's Christmas Eve. So you keep pointing out. Well, did you ever consider I might have plans tonight? Oh. Oh, sorry. Did you have plans? Well, no. Not really. <laughs> I thought I'd watch Rudolph and maybe have some eggnog or something. Then can you please get your coat and come along? I need your help and believe me, this will be more memorable than sitting around here all night. Okay. Let's go. It's raining again. Why is it after September it just seems to rain all the time? You live in the Northwest. What did you expect? I don't know. Some snow might be nice. This is Portland, Chris. We don't do snow. Freezing rain once in a while, sure, but, but never snow. Whatever. Where are we going? We have to catch the train. You mean the Max? There's not a Max station anywhere near here. No, I don't mean the Max. I mean the train. The Max is a train. Yes, but not the type of train we're trying to catch. Now, come on. 
Ah, here we are. The train is through here. Yes, it is. I just have to figure out how to unlock this gate. Uh, Byron, I think this is just a storage shed. It may be a storage shed now, but once upon a time this was going to be part of a number of access stairs down to an underground subway system. Portland was going to have a subway? Yes, a long time ago they began construction on it, but it never got finished. Why not? Oh, various problems. Some of the tunnels had a nasty habit of flooding when it rained too much. How shocking. Another reason was a number of the workers vanished, only to be later found ripped apart. Uh, ripped apart? Yes. There are some very nasty things living underneath the city. Ah, ah there we go. Come along, Chris. We have a train to catch. for the most part, I should expect. And for the rest? Ugh. Rotten flesh. Rotting flesh? Zombies tend to wander around the tunnel system here and there, sometimes in packs. It's always a good idea to avoid them if we can. Things can get nasty at times. Zombies! Of course! It had to be zombies! Or vampires or werewolves. Christ, Byron, what can't... Be normal with you for once. <sighs> My dear Chris, just what is normal anyway? Pretty much nothing since you came into my life. We're almost to the station. Come along. The funny thing about reality is that fundamentally train stations are always alike. Oh, some of the design sense might be a tad different, but for the most part the basics are always the same. You've got your benches, a ticket counter, a newsstand, people milling about waiting for their ride. However, in the case of the train station under the city of Portland, there is one major difference than some of the others around the world. What? Byron, what are these... things? Commuters like you and I. Chris, please don't stare. It's rude. What? Oh, oh, sorry. It's just... Well, they're not human. Technically, neither are you, Chris. Come to think of it, I'm not either. What the hell was that? Oh, come on. You must have heard of dragons before. Heard of? Yes. Seen? No. What the hell is a dragon doing down here? Probably waiting for the train as we are. Look, Byron... I know there is a hell of a lot more going on in the world since I first met you, but this is a bit much to take in one night. Chris, vampires, elves, and wizards commute the same as everyone else. Just take it in your stride. The train should be here shortly. Let's get a paper while we wait. Read all about it. Holders threaten strike if union demands not met. Civil unions between elf couples causing controversy with the High Wizards Council. Get your Christmas edition of Mages Gazette. Read all about... Ah, ah, Lord Byron. What an uh, unexpected surprise to see you again. Down here. Hello, Piper. How have you been? Uh, me? 
I, I'm doing good, yeah. Just just selling papers. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Good to hear it. I'll take one. Here you go, hot off the presses. How much? It's on the house. Well, it's getting late. But it's only one in the afternoon. That late? Well, the wife will have dinner on the table and she hates it when I'm late. Ah, nice, nice to see you again, your lordship. I'm just going to close the shutters now. All right. What was that about? What was what about? That guy. Piper. He was terrified of you. Was he? What? You didn't notice. Not really. I was just after a paper. You know, this isn't the first time I've seen people get uncomfortable when you're around. What did you do to cause this? Could be almost anything. You know how it is. You live as long as I have. You're bound to pick up some bad press along the way. Maybe I should think about cleaning up my image one of these days. Oh well, here comes the train. The train was a late 19th century steam engine, all decked out in black. Great plumes of grey smoke billowed out of the smokestack. A heavy-set troll, dressed in a conductor's uniform, stepped out of the lead carriage. He had a cap, two sizes too small, jammed down on his head. sure to have your tickets ready. Anyone caught riding the train without a valid ticket will be subject to dismemberment. Dismemberment? That's a bit extreme, isn't it? Trolls tend to take their jobs very seriously. Yeah, but if you're caught on the max, the worst thing they do is give you a fine. And TriMet keeps wondering why they're losing money. I tell you, Chris, if they let trolls run the max, no one would try and take advantage of the system. Well, no one's sane at any rate. Come along. Chris and I boarded the train and were lucky enough to find an empty car. Well, empty unless you counted the dragon that had taken up one whole side of it. It was a brilliant red dragon all curled up and reading a copy of today's paper. and find another seat. Don't be rude, Chris. There's plenty of room here. So, where exactly are we going? You still haven't told me. It's a surprise. Well, if you must know, we're going to see some... Tickets, please. Hang on a minute. I've got them here someplace. Now, where did I put them? I know I had them this morning. I'm afraid I shall need to see your tickets, sir. Otherwise, I'll be forced to... I'm well aware of what you'll be forced to do, thank you very much. Then please show me your ticket, or things are going to get quite messy indeed. Byron, I'm really not in the mood to get dismembered today. I wouldn't worry about it, Chris. Two first-class tickets for me and the young vampire here. Very good, sir. Now wait a minute. You said I wasn't a vampire. Did I? How odd. You smell like a vampire to me. Here is my ticket. And there you go, sir. Enjoy your trips. I smell like a vampire? Oh, indeed. Vampires have a distinct decaying scent about their being. One that I can quite clearly detect upon you. 
Although you are not dead, are you? I can hear your heart beating. I'm quite alive. For the moment. A living vampire? How odd. I do not believe I have met one of your kind before. Well, to be honest, I've never met a dragon before now myself. Allow me to make introductions. My name is Finley. Finley of the clan Razorback. And you? Christina Sparrow. Chris to my friends. Well, I do hope we shall become the very best friends, my dear Chris. And who is this with you? Oh, this is Byron. Byron? Not the legendary pale man of Portland. Not unless you know another Byron who looks as pasty as me. I have heard many tales about you, sir. Let me guess. They all put me in something of a bad light. Indeed. There are many who say you cannot be trusted. Don't believe everything you hear. For instance, I make a very fine cheesecake, but you never hear anyone talking about that. <laughs> so where are you two off to on this most wondrous of evenings? No idea. Byron hasn't told me yet. <laughs> We're going north. North? How far north? About as far as you can go, really. Ah, then I take it you're planning to visit the castle of... Yes, we are. Interesting. I have often thought of going there myself, but I believe the weather would be detrimental to my health. Dragons do not care for the cold all that much. I've never been a big fan of it myself. It's why I moved from Maine to Portland. So, what are you doing tonight? I'm joining up with the others of my kind in the catacombs under Mount Hood for our annual feast. This is a night of great celebration for dragons. I've heard of your celebrations. I've always meant to drop in and see what they're like. Oh, you and Chris should come. It is a great party. Many of the other races have been known to join in with us. Indeed, I believe the party of orcs are expected to drop in later tonight. I wish we could accept. Sadly, I do have a task that I need to accomplish before the night is out. If you have time later, do feel free to drop in. This is my stop. It was a pleasure to meet both of you this evening. It was good to meet you too, Finley. I hope to see you again sometime. I'll look forward to it. Nice fellow. Yes, dragons can be the most charming of beings when they want to. And the deadliest of creatures at others. How so? Let's just say you never want to be in debt to one of them. Let's leave it at that. Chris and I rode the train for several hours. As early evening came, we arrived at our destination. I couldn't help but wonder if I was making a mistake by bringing Chris along. There was much about the nature of her being that still remained a mystery. Vampires are not living beings. Like zombies and ghosts, they are already deceased and have become undead. Yet Chris Farrow is still very much alive. There are times I wonder if she may be the first of a new breed of vampire. And just what will that mean to the other vampire races that walk the earth? Chris. Chris, wake up. What? Where? We've arrived at our stop. That's good. Finally gonna... Uh, tell me where we are? Yes. 
Welcome to the North Pole, Miss Sparrow. You have got to be kidding me. I'm telling you, we're at the North Pole. Byron, there's nothing at the North Pole. It's in the middle of the Arctic Ocean. There's nothing but icebergs and water. It's in all the science books. Do you believe everything you read? Well, no, not everything. Good. Keeping an open mind is very important. You'd be surprised to find out what is true and what isn't. Come along. Uh, Byron. Are those what I think they are? I don't know. What do you think they are? Well, I hate to say this, but they look like a whole forest of decorated Christmas trees. That's because they are, Chris. We're really at the North Pole. Yes, we are. The North Pole. Top of the planet and all that. Yes, Chris. We are at the North Pole. Why do you keep asking me that? just a little hard to believe is all. What are we doing here? What's up with all these Christmas trees? Are, are we visiting Santa Claus or something? Well, now that you mention it. What was that? Ah. I was expecting they'd do something like this. Expecting someone to do what? Have something waiting for me out here. Like what? Offhand, I'd say those things. Are those... snowmen? Ice wraiths, actually. Sort of like a zombie snowman. Zombie snowmen? Yes. Like zombies, they feed on living flesh. I've got to say I'm a bit impressed. Last year they sent a yeti with a bad case of halitosis. The ice wraiths began to lumber out from behind the Christmas trees. There were a good dozen in all, and they had Chris and I completely surrounded. Oh dear. This can't be good. Yetis? Zombie snowmen? Byron, I'm having a hard time believing in... in... This is getting to be a bit much for... For... For me. What's... What's happening... The transformation was quite sudden. Within a blink of an eye, Chris Sparrow turned from an attractive young woman into the most terrifying of monsters. Her hands now formed lethal talons, her skin a deathly pale white. But it was her eyes that had the biggest impact on me. They were a dark crimson red now blood red. I stood still and watched as Chris made short work of the ice wraiths, ripping them apart limb from limb. Some tried to fight back against her, but they never stood a chance. Within five minutes, the zombie snowmen had been completely wiped out. Chris stood still in the center of the carnage she had unleashed. Slowly, very slowly, she began to revert back into her normal form. What? <clears throat> what just... How do you feel, Chris? 
powerful, in a way. Like I could run forever. I thought as much. Byron? What did I do? Believe it or not, you just saved both of us. Remember when you destroyed that lab that was making Rush back in Portland? Do you remember how you felt? I remember feeling angry. Very angry. These were the people that made me into what I am now. Then you lashed out against them and destroyed everything. That was the first time I saw this happen to you. A similar thing started to happen when the werewolves cornered you and Gareth, but I came in before it went too far. I think it's something Rush did to your genetic makeup. When you feel threatened or enraged, some sort of instinct takes over. You... You knew this would happen to me? I suspected it was a possibility. Why didn't you tell me then? Because I wasn't sure. It's why I brought you along on this trip. I needed to see what would happen if you were threatened. It's the only way I'm ever going to understand your condition, Chris. You could have warned me. Then you would have known what was coming and it wouldn't have been an honest test. Besides, I didn't know if anything would be out here or not. And what if I hadn't changed? What if the ice wraiths had killed us? Then we wouldn't be having this charming conversation now, would we? Come along. We're almost there. Almost where? St. Nicholas's Castle, if you must know. Great spires of ice made up St. Nicholas's Castle, stretching up to the heavens themselves. Moonlight reflected upon the cold surface, giving them a blue, ethereal glow. In a way, it almost looks like a living creature. A truly magnificent sight to behold. I only wish my coming here allowed me to appreciate this sight. To an extent, I have always known him as Lord Nicholas, the so-called patron saint of children. Or at least, that is how he is seen now. What does that mean? You'll see soon. I'm here. I suggest you come now or things shall become quite unpleasant. Lord Byron, what a pleasure it is to make your acquaintance once more. Yes, you seem delighted to see me again. Are those elves? Obviously. Did you know there were ice wraiths outside tonight? Ice wraiths have been known to be spotted in this region, my lord. But hunting in a pack? Ice wraiths don't care for one another's company. I find it most unusual. Kind of like that yeti I encountered a year ago. Or that snow dragon the year before that. The North Pole seems to have become quite a dangerous place in recent years. I assure you, my lord, we... We had nothing to do with... The attack upon me and my friend. Of course you didn't. I would hate to think otherwise. Now then, where is he? In his chambers, my lord. Then take me to him. This way, my lord. Byron? Just a few more minutes, Chris, and then I'll explain everything. Many watchful elves made sure to give us a wide berth as we made our way down a long hallway made out of ice. 
Along the wall were hung several Christmas decorations, as well as statues and other assorted knickknacks. It was everything one might expect of Santa's workshop. Eventually, we came upon a large wooden door. I stepped up to it and pulled out an old brass key. You may want to stand behind me, Chris. I warned as I opened the old door. The stench of filth from his lack of hygiene assaulted our noses as the door swung open. There was little to no light in the room. Along the floor laid straw hay, which was piled up in the corners, and chained along the wall farthest from us was Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Byron! I'll kill you! I'll tear you apart with my own hands! You'll do nothing of the sort. Now behave yourself. I've brought along a guest. Say hello, Chris. Uh, uh, <clears throat> hello, Santa. Why do you keep doing this to me? Why can't you just end this? Let me rest in peace. You know I can't. How much longer must I endure this? I can no longer bear it. You have no choice, I'm afraid. The night is upon us, and it is time for you to go out once more. Get him cleaned and dressed, and have the sleigh brought out front. As you command, my lord. Come on, Chris. Let's leave them to their work. Explain this to me right now. I take it while you were a child, you heard a lot of the stories about Santa Claus. Most children do. Yes. I have to admit, I enjoy some of the stories myself. However, there are other stories about our friend back there that have been lost over the ages. Stories that tell how Nicholas was not a saint, but one of the most feared monsters that has ever walked this world. Santa Claus was a monster. Indeed, his reign of terrors was unlike anything that had ever been seen before. He preyed upon the weak and helpless. He was the stuff of nightmares. It took the combined effort of the great powers to end his reign. What he does this one night and every Christmas Eve is the punishment for his crimes. So, what's the deal with the elves? Why do they try to stop your coming here? They were his accomplices. Their punishment is to build the toys he has to deliver every year. I see. So they think by killing you that it will somehow free them. They've been trying it for close to a century now. Every year it's something new. And you come here every year and release him unto the world. If I can, I have missed a few visits here and there, but for the most part, I do come every year. But why? Why do you do this? You could say, you could say this is part of my punishment. Nicholas never acted alone. What? Ah, and there's the sleigh. Looks like everything is set to go. Is that Rudolph? Yes, it is. Is 
nose really does glow. Yes, but you don't want to touch it. It's highly radioactive. Oh. Ah, there you are, Nicholas. I must admit you look much better after a bath than a change of clothes. Is everything ready? Yes, I believe so. Then I see no reason to put this off. One day I will be free of this cursed Byron. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I will be free, and on that day... You and I will have a reckoning, yes, yes, you said the same thing last year. I mean it, pale man. You shall die by my hands one day. Time will tell. Have a nice trip. Oh, and Nicholas, after you've finished, do make a point to come back. If I have to come hunting for you again... Rest assured that I shall return to my cell, Byron. After all, I have no choice in that matter. At least for the moment. Well, I guess you should be off. Oh, and, uh, Merry Christmas. Bah, humbug! Come along, Chris. We have a train to catch. You've been quiet for a while, Chris. Is there something on your mind? You said your coming here was your punishment. That Nicholas did not act alone. Yes. Did you... Were you like Nicholas? No. No. Not, not like Nicholas. In a way, I may have been even worse. What did you do? It's a long story. Not one I wish to revisit tonight. Fine. Keep your mysteries, then. I have to say, I'll never look at Christmas quite the same way again. Knowing all of this now... So, what do we do now? Well, I was thinking... We have an invite to the party that Razorback fellow mentioned. I would like to see him again. He was quite charming. Yes, and this is a night for celebrating and all. I think I'm up for a party. <laughs> And party we did. It was more like a festival than anything else, with members from the various races and clans joining in and celebrating the season. I have to admit to making quite merry myself, which I find is all too rare. As for Nicholas, well, my task with him is done for this year. I shall see him again next Christmas Eve. Only he won't, will he? At least not this year. Regrettably, no. Perhaps he won't need to. Meaning what? Perhaps this year you should go in your missing brother's place, Slate. You expect me to go unleash that beast so he can gallivant about the globe for one night? I do. I would be willing to accompany you as well. Byron only performed this task because the great powers commanded it of him. His penance for what he did I when... am well aware of what Byron has done in the past. You need not remind me. So what possible motivation can you give me to take on this task in his place? Because, Slate, as much as you profane a dislike for what Byron does, you still love him. Regardless of where he is now and what he has done, you care about him. 
but this one time only. If Byron has not returned by this time next year, Nicholas can stay in his cell and rot for all I care. I always knew there was a sensitive side to you, Slate. Shall we be off to the North Pole? After you, dear Gabriel. Lead on. You have been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Episode 9, Nicholas, A Christmas Tale. Featured in the cast were Laura Post as Chris Sparrow, Mark Brzee as Slate, Amanda Fitzwater as Gabriel, Ellie Hirschman as Piper and Elf One, Eric Busby as Elf Two, John Specht as the Dragon, Bill Hallweg as the Train Conductor, Chris Williams as St. Nicholas, and David Alt as Byron. Music performed by Shane D., Rob Vandenberg, and Devin Anderson. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This episode was written by Eric Busby. Direction and sound design by Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production.